welcome to the Church Brand Guide Podcast. This is Michael Persad. I'm so glad you're here today. Man, this episode, we are going to be talking about uh, establishing a brand and having a long-term mindset so that you're creating something that's not just a short-term gain, but something over the period of time where you're going to see some tremendous results, some life change taking place. Uh, your church, your your church culture will begin to make a difference in the world. Um, Steve Jobs used to say that he wants to make a dent in the universe. Well, I love that mentality. Why can't we as churches, as leaders, begin to make a dent in the universe, so to speak, with what we're doing? And uh, a brand is basically allowing us to be intentional about that, putting the right words, the right uh, visuals, the right components together to where we have a long-term plan to reach the people we are called to reach. The other powerful thing about a brand is that it forces us to think outside of ourselves and towards the people we are trying to reach. There's a definite target audience that God has equipped us to reach as church leaders and as church creatives. And uh, when we have a brand and a brand strategy, then we are able to think strategically about what it takes to reach those people. And that's huge. Healthy churches are churches that have a, a new uh, flow of people coming in. So there's always new faces. There's always a... Um, people that don't know Christ as a part of the mix. And as a result of that, they think differently. They communicate differently. Churches that don't have new people coming in begin to be this very um, club-oriented thing where there's just the same people showing up from week to week, and they start to get weird. So when you have new people coming in, you're always thinking, how can we, how can we be welcoming? How can we host people and be very uh, inviting so that new people are always coming in? So having a brand strategy is really, that's the big idea. Allowing people that are new to come in and feel welcomed, to learn about the culture of the church, to learn what the church has to offer, and to want to be a part of it, to, to learn the, about the story of, of your church, and then say, hey, I want my story to now have a, be a part of this, this story that's going on here. So uh, we talk in this episode with Barbara, and she unpacks how companies... Uh, uh, the, the successful companies, the bigger ones, have a good understanding of this, and it results in, in them setting aside a budget to make this happen because they realize that having a strong brand is essential to growth, and the, the same applies to churches. Having a strong brand is essential to growth. Many times, the benefit of the brand, having a brand strategy, is just bringing uni unification and alignment to the church culture so that everything is working in the same direction and you don't have these different components happening on their own, creating silos within the organization. You're, you're, everybody's working together towards the same goal. So that's another big, huge benefit about being uh, intentional about a brand. So uh, with Barbara today, we're going to be talking about her agency and how she works with different uh, companies, but then also has had a shift in recent years where she came to know Jesus and now is uh, is serving churches primarily. So she this caused her to shift her whole business and and uh, really neat story that you're going to learn about in the in this episode. And uh, the the other thing we uh, we talk about quite a bit in the episode is just when is it uh, time to rebrand? So that's a big question because uh, a brand uh, has a, a shelf life in many cases where you know after a while you you begin to change and develop and grow and maybe some things happen some. Some new leadership comes, and it's time for a rebrand. So we, we help you unpack when it might be the right time for you to rebrand your church and what that begins to look like so you can make that decision. 
So let's get right into the episode with our guest. And Barbara is with Word Revolution. So she's been in an agency for quite some time serving businesses and also churches. So you'll want to hear her story, her perspective, especially as a new believer, and uh, learn about how any church can begin to appeal to new believers and create this very healthy, thriving, energetic culture. All right, welcome to the Church Brand Guide Podcast. This is Michael Persad. I'm here with Barbara today, and she's a special guest that's going to help us unpack branding. So Barbara, I'm going to let you just take a moment to introduce yourself and kind of your background. Can you tell us what your story is? Uh, sure. Well, uh, thank you, Michael. It's, it's been uh, fun to uh, listen to the podcasts that you guys had uh, so far. And uh, to tell my story, I mean, there's, there's um, uh, a fun part of that story that I would like to share with you. And it's just how I ended up, you know, at, with church communication. And the truth is I've been in communication and um, marketing design for quite a while. Uh, but uh, something happened about six years ago and uh, that was uh, fundamental in my life. Uh, so I came to Christ and in that moment, it was a moment where I realized, okay, a lot of things are going to change. I didn't really quite know what was going to change, but I thought this is the time to quit this you know, design thing that I have going on because, you know, things are going to be different in my life now. Um, and I remember clearly being in my kitchen uh, one day cooking and having this, this, this really strong impression of God saying, I didn't ask you to quit anything. <laughs> it was, uh, it was very clear that God was saying, I just want you to use, um, you know, the talents that I've given you and uh, all of the gifts that I've given you, the ability to design, um, I, I just want you to use that for me. So um, the shift that happened was uh, we actually rebranded, which is kind of funny because that's what we're talking about today. So uh, we changed our name. Uh, my company became uh, Word Revolution uh, because that, that's what happened in my life. You know, the word of God changed the way that I lived and it changed my business. So we became Word Revolution. Uh, we started engaging with churches and ministries, um, and uh, and that's how we ended up where I am now. <laughs> so. Wow! So so tell me before you um, you made this change, you were uh, in in graphics and and design and communications. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah, I've been um, professionally. Uh, as an agency uh, for the past 10 years, I had done some work prior to that, mostly just freelancing and things on, you know, on the side, working for friends and family. Uh, but professionally, it's been about 10 years now. Okay, great. So you had yeah. this great encounter and then your, your, your mission now has shifted. Um, and, and so yeah. you, we were talking, so I met you just a little while ago and we had a great conversation um, about branding and churches. And you were just telling me how you're, you're just so passionate now to help um, the church and churches in general uh, begin to do branding better. Um, so it was a neat story, yeah. uh, really kind of overlaps a lot of my, uh, my story. But what, is that, what does that look like for you? How, how are you doing that? Yeah. Uh, so at first, we, we addressed it from a perspective of, let me just be a provider for churches. Let me just help them with branding. Uh, which I think it's needed. Um, I find it that, um, you know, some of the people that come into church communication, they ended up, 
fulfilling that spot or that you know that that role because there's a need for it and i believe there is a need for that uh and but at at some time and sometimes what we see is that they lack some of the the knowledge or the expertise um uh to uh create something that will be the identity for that church um so i thought okay we can come alongside and we can be the ones creating these brands um, creating the new logos or rebranding altogether um, uh, and helping churches with what, what, in my opinion, is one of the main um, uh, parts of their communication. Uh, but in some point in time, uh, I felt compelled to simply share our knowledge, to simply share with other churches out there, you know, what are agencies doing when it comes to logo design? How can we apply not just the techniques and tactics, but also the strategic part beyond, be, behind building a brand. Um, so even though, I, it, and there's, there's, I, I've, I've written an article about it before where I really hate using the word church and community and, and marketing together. Um, although that's in many ways uh, what we're trying to do. Um, and I, I don't like saying church and brand as well together. I feel like the word kind of makes me a little, you know, uncomfortable, but at the end of the day, that's what it is. It's how we portray ourselves. It's how we communicate. It's how we present ourselves. So even though I have this desire to find a better word for it, uh, there's a lot of things that we can apply to the church um, because we're communicating with people. We're engaging with people, you know, uh, we're presenting ourselves to people. And those, those people on the other side of each church, they have eyes, right? They're going to see before they actually get to know you. Um, there's a lot of first impressions that happen before you even get somebody to come to your church. Um, and I believe the first step is, is the brand, is your identity. Yeah, that's really good. I think we, we run into that, too, as we work with churches. Um, we'll run into the the idea that, you know, branding maybe doesn't apply to churches or, or marketing doesn't apply to church world because there's a maybe a higher mm-hmm. calling or just a different way of looking at church um, uh, ministry in general or a so I guess one of the one of the obstacles that we we come up against um, quite a bit as a as a design agency is just helping to educate mm-hmm. that branding really does apply um, to churches, and it's something that mm-hmm. you know God is conscious of. As I read the Bible, I le- I read it through my my lens of you know uh, being a uh, a branding uh, creative person, and so I I tend to see it. You know when Jesus said, "Hey, be fishers of men, follow me, and I'll make you fishers yeah. of men." I see that as a challenge that, you know, fishing is a challenge and speaking and appealing to uh, people is a challenge. You have to learn who they are, how they react and respond to different things so that you could put the right messaging out there so that they can respond to it. Is there something in, I guess, yeah. in your, your mind that kind of stands out to you, maybe on a, even on a biblical sense or a, where you can make yeah, more of so- a connection? Yeah, so there's there's a couple of uh, of uh, aspects of the Bible that I believe, in my opinion, are clear um, about. I mean, we all know that God is a creator. That's how the Bible starts, you know. So there's there's all that uh, concept of uh, we were made in His image, and therefore we have a, an ability to be creative. And this is not going to be anything new to any one of us that is already working with some sort of um, creative aspect in our in our churches or even at work. 
but there's also another part, which is when you think about Jesus, you think about him being a storyteller. And storyteller in, in any kind of uh, parables relies heavily in imagery. Uh, why? Because that's that's a, an easier way for our brain to assimilate information and to learn and to remember. Um, and so if Jesus himself is using imagery to explain and make it clear for us uh, what his teaching stands on, um, why wouldn't we use the same thing? So when we think about branding for the church, I think what we're just saying is let's spend some time and be intentional about how we want to portray what we stand for. It doesn't mean that we're branding from a perspective of, uh, you know, of marketing in the sense of reaching a market in the, um, as, as businesses refer to, but there is an intentionality there that we shouldn't ignore. You know, it's almost like me saying, um, I don't care about the people on the other side of me if I'm not spending the time thinking about what's going to relate to them, what they're going to connect with, what they're going to understand. Um, and, and that's, I believe, the main point about what we do. I mean, when I say we, I say all of us communicators, um, is that we need to start from the people. Uh, and I mean, nothing gets closer to the gospel than that, starting, you know, having a heart for the people that... Uh, God has placed in your life. And and that's, in my opinion, what really makes a difference when it comes to um, designing something, is if you have that person in mind, that group of people in mind that you're trying to reach. Yeah, I love that. I think that's one of the things we get trained in as designers is that we need to look at our audience first and then uh, try to appeal to them. And uh, sometimes in, mm-hmm. in the church world, uh, that's a something that's forgotten, uh, even though uh, it, w- that's kind of what I come across, I guess. Maybe when I'm presenting an idea or a concept, I find that I have to maybe re- represent that idea um, to a pastor or to, mm-hmm. to a creative director. In fact, I came across, there's a great verse, First um, Samuel 16, 7. It says, people look at the outside, but God looks at the heart. So there's actually mm-hmm. two, two statements being made in that verse. The second one is the one that we kind of emphasize, uh, especially in church world. It's uh, God looks at the heart, and I think we, we understand right. that. But the first part of that verse say, says people look at the outside. And I think yeah. we, we shouldn't overlook that uh, because people really do look at the outside first. They need to, they, they're emotionally engaged by what they see and experience, and then they'll you know, decide whether or not they want to go deeper with that e- experience. Yeah. Yeah. And you also see many times in the Bible, this idea of come and see. I mean, there's something about our vision uh, that in many cases um, uh, the Bible addresses uh, because, you know, even Jesus says that himself and some of the disciples as well. Come and see. Just come and see. Come and see for yourself. And, uh, And the way we design a brand needs to touch on that as well. It's the first connection. It's that first uh, uh, engagement point that you're going to have with somebody. So neglecting it is pretty much saying, you know, I, I don't know if I care about what your first impression is going to be. Uh, so, yeah, there's actually a great book that I don't know if you've read it. It's called uh, Blink by Malcolm Gladwell. Uh, he's basically right. Yeah. Okay, okay. It's the basic idea of the book is um, that there's a uh, about two seconds or so where people are going to make a judgment about something. 
And then after mm -hmm. that, that point, whatever they see or encounter, they're trying to reinforce that first impression. Uh, so as designers, yeah. as an agency, uh, I think we, we begin to understand that, like we were trained to look for that and begin to create that, that great first impression. That's why, you know, mm -hmm. we pay or companies will pay to have a great logo designed and great brochures and it, it just looks clean mm -hmm. and it's, you know, so I think companies begin to understand what, what the, the purpose of this stuff is, um, wh why you put a lot of emphasis into creating a, a great looking, um, website. Uh, and then churches are, um, some, sometimes can overlook that, but I, I think, uh, you know, yeah. one of our missions, my mission, your mission is to really help churches begin to understand the importance of those things. Can you speak? Yeah. Can you speak? And in touching, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. You you were going further. Go ahead. Uh, I was saying in, in touching that that uh, demonstrating the importance. Um, just as you mentioned the the you know the two seconds, I've heard it before that it takes about seven minutes for somebody to make a decision if they're coming back to that church or not. And you know by seven minutes, chances are you haven't heard the sermon yet. So basically, what you're going, you're basing your decision on the things that you see, right? Yeah, and because it's you, you haven't heard anything yet. You, 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 you may have seen a sign in the parking lot. You may have seen, you know, a greeter at the door and, um, you know, the signage to take you to the kids ministry section. But you haven't heard the message yet. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, my my story recently is kind of that that same experience. I um, my wife and I were uh, looking for a church and we uh, with the church that uh, we decided to go to. Basically, we experienced it before we even talked to the pastor or heard a sermon. We walked in. We saw there was a great ministry space for kids. We had just had a baby, and mm -hmm. uh, that was super important to us. So the fact they had murals up on the wall, great signage, the, mm -hmm. the rooms were well-designed and colorful, uh, spoke volumes to us that this church cares about our kids, and that was important to us. And then we walked down the hallway, and we came to that cafe, and they, they have all this mission stuff up on the cafe. Like you could see where their missionaries are and where they're supporting people. Mm -hmm. And again, that's that was like, man, this is great. This church is outwardly focused. We could see that without even talk to, talking to somebody. We could see that. And that really, uh, yeah. in our minds, was the starting point of like, hey, this is going to be our church. And it, and it did. It became our church after a while. Yeah. yeah. So isn't it interesting that you could sense that they care for children just based on how they communicated. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They didn't have to say anything. We didn't have to talk to a teacher. We didn't have to sit into a classroom. We just saw that they put a lot of time, energy, and effort in creating a, a great kid's space. And that, that's, mm -hmm. that's said enough. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, so branding um, within companies, you know, you've been doing this professionally, like you said, for quite a while, even before focusing on the church side of things. So yeah. companies begin to get this. Uh, can you can you unpack maybe what what the companies see and what you experience like when when they come to you and maybe they need a new brand? Yeah. Uh, just unpack that for a second. Yeah. So companies um i feel like there are um you, you will find the spectrum of companies that really value and some companies where you need to kind of educate them a little bit at least in my experience there is that as well but overall there is this idea that um we understand that this is the very first big step i need to take when it comes to growing my business um it, it, it's almost like they 
there's an assumption there that I can move on with other things until my brand is strong and, you know, it, it, it sits uh, uh, in a solid rock because it's my identity. And so when you think about um, companies assigning a budget to it, it's just like us in our personal life. You assign a priority to the things that you know are important. Uh, you know, some people exercise, some people have good diets, some people spend time with their kids, and because those three things follow in the category of these are important for me, um, doesn't mean that exercising is not important if it's not a priority for another person. No, it just means that they haven't seen the importance of that for their lives. The same thing is true in a business and in a church. Um, is your is your brand not important? I don't think that's true. I believe it's always going to be important because your impression is always going to be communicated. The question becomes, what are you, what are you communicating? And um, not communicating is a decision. Uh, and so when you decide this is not important for me, you will inevitably put something out there for the people that, that will have an engagement with you. So wherever you sit in your... Um, uh, level of engagement with your people, either a business or a church, uh, there's always, you're always going to be, you're always going to have these touch points, right? People will see you either through social media or, you know, because you gave them a business card or because somebody told them about you and they're going to check your website. Um, those engagement points, every single time you're going to have this, you know, um, what do I get out of looking at this? What is what is this communicating to me? They may not think about it, but um, internally their, their, their brains are going through that process of, can I trust you? What is in it for me? Can I trust you? Can I trust you? So the can I trust you is a big question that people will, will do without even knowing. Uh, and we do that for any brand we get in touch with, any brand we interact with. Um, and then, you know, if you ever done a road trip, uh, you probably drove by some restaurants where you thought, I cannot trust you. <laughs> and maybe the food was delicious and maybe they were the best in town, but because they, they were communicating uh, in a way that didn't satisfy that trust, you know, that need for trust, um, they lost a client. So yeah. are we willing to lose past buyers because what we're putting out is not trustworthy? That's really good. And I think, you know, I think business have figured that out. A big chunk of them, you know, obviously you will find everything in between those two extremes. But um, I've seen clients um, really pay attention to what their brand should be in their marketing mix. Um, and, uh, and you can tell that they understand it because, you know, if, if, you, if you watch TV or if you engage in social media, you, you understand that brands is your first point of engagement with anybody that's trying to sell to you you know yeah yeah i love i love the point that you make that uh you're always communicating so whether or not you're being intentional mm -hmm. about that you're still communicating you might as well be intentional yeah <laughs> so when yeah. whenever somebody yeah. steps into a maybe a church building you know you're communicating what do they see uh is mm -hmm. it is it clean you know is it, it did they have signage that takes you around the facility and shows you where the bathroom is does it make it easy? Does it mm -hmm. make you feel welcomed uh, when you walk into the facility? Or does it feel like a club where you feel like an outsider, you know, and you have to ask yeah. to get around? So you're always communicating. I love the point that you make with that. The other point yeah. that you made. 
Oh, go ahead, uh, Barbara. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Did you want to add to that? I was going to say, it's, it's interesting that we use the word feel a lot. I don't know if you've noticed that. We, we keep repeating this word, you know, make me, makes me feel this way or I felt that way. And it's touching on the, the psychology of us human beings. Um, and I'm not saying we should go for the feelings of people for the sake of going for the feelings of people. Uh, but, but that's how we emotionally connect with people. And that's how we emotionally connect with brands. And that, that's how we're going to emotionally connect with the church as well is how do they make me feel? Um, especially if we're dealing with unbelievers and I'm hoping that most churches are, have a, a you know, uh, an outreach, uh, program and they're intentional about, uh, reaching out to the lost, um, we want those people to feel that they are welcomed and, you know, that they can trust until they can believe, if that makes sense. No, that's real good. That trust factor is um, is a huge one. And every church should be asking that because um, they aren't going to care about your message until they know that you right. you care about them and they can trust you to a certain level. And everything you put yeah. out there is 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 trying to build that trust. So your your website, you know, is it is it mobile optimized? I mean, can they trust that you're you know relevant to the culture today? Can they see, you know, what's happening in your your church um, by going to your website? Get a good feel. Like there's that word again. Get a good feel for what type of a church you are. If you're going to take care of them and um, you know have good things that when they when they come. So you're always communicating. You're you're always trying to build trust. And uh, like like we were saying with companies, I think that the companies that understand it, they put a budget, uh, a number behind it. They're saying, hey, we're going to spend, you know, X amount, X percentage this year on helping our brand become a better brand through through marketing and creating media, you know, improving the website, Mm -hmm. different things like that. And that's where um, I think churches can learn. um, Just generally speaking, some churches do a great job at this. But they can they mm-hmm. can learn to put that budget aside so that they can be intentional about communicating. Yes. So budget is, is always that word, isn't it? Like I feel like uh, we all try to find a way to run away from uh, the word budget, you know, in our lives and as churches. And uh, but um, the reality is it goes back to that idea of priority. What are the things that I'm prioritizing? And, you know, I have kids. I know you have kids. Uh, and when I look at their education, for example, or some extracurricular stuff that they do, that for me is not seen as a, as a cost or as an expense as much as it is seen as an investment. And when I say investment, that means I'm expecting something in return. Um, and the last thing I want to bring to you is say, you know, let's look at ROI and return on investment. But obviously, I expect a result from this investment that I'm making in my kids' lives, Right. Um, investing in my, my daughter learning piano is for me something important and because I see the importance it, it doesn't become I don't look at it as a cost if that makes sense mm-hmm. I, I see that as an investment for her future um, and so it comes down to having a long-term vision I don't know if that resonates with you but uh, that's what I see sometimes um, that businesses have they have a long-term vision that allows them to understand, okay, where will I put my money? Where will I put my priorities? Where will I put my investment, my time, my people? Um, and uh, there is a, a, a significant amount of growth that you get from having an identity that is solid, in my opinion, because everything will flow from that. I mean, any marketing piece you put out, 
any business card you design, any brochure you ever create needs to sit on this this uh, identity that you have. And so, you know, a logo is not just a logo. Um, a logo is how you, uh, you know, when you think about a, a brand in that sense, is how you're perceived. And that's why I insist on it needs to be a priority and we need to focus on the people on the other side of it. Um, I was asked one time by a pastor, um, you know, the, the challenge was, was very intriguing. He just said, ask three people, one family member, like somebody very close to you, someone that is an acquaintance and someone that is maybe like from your work, you know, where you have a relationship, but it's not like a personal relationship. And the question is, ask them, how does it feel to be on the other side of me? Hmm. And it was interesting to hear the responses. It was, it, you know, I was very surprised by some, some responses that I got from, uh, for example, one person that worked with me. Um, and uh, obviously from my husband, it was pretty funny um, because it, it wasn't new to me, but the way he expressed it was very new to me. So we will never have a clear perspective of how we portray ourselves because we're not on the outside of that bottle. So our, the, the perception that people will have of us and of any church and any business is always gonna be different than what we want it to be. There's always a variation. So by going through the exercise of actually being intentional, what I'm doing is I'm reducing the risk of, of that, you know, that image being so different. You know, I don't want the person that is on the other side of me to have a perspective of I'm a bad boss and I treat people poorly. Right. And what I want to be portrayed is like, I'm a good boss and I want to treat people, you know, the right way. Yeah. So by being intentional, I reduce this gap. I'm saying, okay, I need to be intentional about being somebody that is a servant leader, somebody that is a, you know. So anyway, it forces me to think about my identity. So who am I as a boss or who am I as a, as a wife or who am I as a cousin? It forces me to think about that. So has the church done that? Has the church sat down and thought, who am I as a church for my neighbors? Yeah, very good. Very good. I, I think there's certain things that churches are excellent at. You know, there's definitely um, mm -hmm. this whole, you know, relationship thing is, is a very strong thing that churches do well. You know, most churches, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that the businesses are not better than churches. Like as we're having this conversation, um, mm -hmm. they're just stronger in certain areas and churches are stronger in other areas. Our heart, I think our passion, what we've talked about is that we would mm -hmm. love for the church that... Um, is doing great in, you know, what churches are good at, serving the community, building relationships, life change. Yes. We'd love to see them be really good at this other side of it, uh, creating these brands that allows them to do even more of it, have mm -hmm. have way more resources to, to do even more of it. And that's that's kind of where our passion is coming from as we, we talk about yeah. a lot of these concepts. Yeah. Completely agree. <laughs> yeah. So what are some uh, practical things that you've seen that churches do um, that to, to create a better brand? So you, you've been working with some churches. And yeah. Is there anything just specifically you could talk to that's like, hey, you should uh, do these things to start creating a, a, a great yeah. brand? Yes. Um, so the first thing is to ask questions. Uh, you know, just as I was talking about this identity, let's sit down and ask questions like, who are we as a church? Uh, you know, 
how do we want to be seen? How do we want to be portrayed as, um, and, and who's around us? It comes down to people. So my, my, um, um, my approach to branding um, is always to start with the people. Who's around me? And I have, you know, for me, it is very clear that, that God has placed pastors in specific cities as a calling. Like, I, I want to believe that all pastors are called to a certain location. And um, we have seen pastors being called to cities where there's already another pastor. So why would God put two, three, four, five, six pastors in the same cities? Because we're all, we're all supposed to fill in for a different function of the body, right? Um, not to say that we have different messages. We're all going to preach the gospel and we're all going to teach the same teachings. Um, but there is a high chance that one church is going to be more prepared to serve families with young kids where another church may actually be very well equipped to deal with college students and another one may be very in a very good position to deal with youth or the single um, we are to receive everybody and we are to be welcome to everybody to, to welcome everybody in our church um, but there is for sure a certain group of people that you better prepared to serve are you aware of who they are do you know who they are because if I'm designing a logo for um, a church that is, ba you know, for the most part, better prepared to serve families with young kids, that logo is going to look one way. If I'm, if I'm a church that is very well positioned at a college and I'm, you know, very well prepared to serve college students, my logo is going to look completely different. My mission is still the same. But, but the people on the other side of me are different. So I want to make sure that I'm communicating with them in a way that relates. So asking questions. I need to know who's around me. Who are we better prepared to serve? Do we have the ability to serve the, the Latino community, for example? Because if I do, then first off, I need to have my logo somehow in Spanish, right? <laughs> so that's, you know, question number one. But also, there are... Uh, things that are very particular to uh, the idiosyncrasy of a Latino that is different than an American. So there's so many different items that will come to play, but um, I can prepare this design just looking for something that looks good, or I can prepare this design with this intentionality that we've been talking about. So asking questions. Uh, we need to, and, and I, I believe leadership needs to be a part of these uh, these sessions where we ask questions. Um, every time we engage with the church, we make sure that, you know, the, the leadership is present because we want to have the input from those that have information that will be useful for us. When we start asking questions to churches before we start designing their logos, we, we just start with basic questions. You know, tell me about your church. What are you guys good at? What are you, what are you really excelling at? What are the things that you believe... Um, differentiate you from your neighbor not because you're better but because you're different um and so asking these questions in a setting that allows for a, you know a, a very open discussion will give you some insight on um on who your audience is and uh um talking about audience is always that thing right like churches will say well we want to reach everybody <laughs> and it's true we want to reach everybody and that will be the desire forever uh, but our time is limited, our money is limited, our people are limited, and the truth is our resources are not infinite. So we will be limited in our ability to do things. The question then becomes, who are you better prepared to serve today? Yeah. And, uh, and that's how we start. We start by asking questions. 
In fact, you, you may be surprised about this, but we actually spend three meetings of one hour each with the leadership just to get these questions answered. Oh, that's good. Um, so, wow. Yeah. So what I'm, well, I guess what I'm hearing, so uh, the great starting point is to define a logo um, and not just a logo, mm-hmm. but the right logo that's unique to the calling of that church. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah. um, I mean, I'm just, as you were talking, I'm just, uh, a lot of thoughts were going through my head. That's, that's so good. So that should be a process. It should be something that you work through, wrestle through, you know, with the leadership of that church. And I think as a good, yes. um, a good designer is going to help to bring up questions and poke in certain areas to really pull out the right answers from the, the church leadership so that they can mm-hmm. then be intentional about what the design looks like. And from the logo, you know, mm-hmm. we're, we're talking, everything else kind of comes after that. So that's, uh, that's yeah. great. I'm glad you mentioned that it takes, you know, a, a, a pretty good amount of time, you know, several meetings and all that with leadership to, to get that down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Solid, solid three meetings. Um, sometimes we need to go to uh, an extra one. Uh, and I'll gladly share with you guys the questions that we use. Um, I can, uh, you know, just uh, send you a, a list uh, because they don't change from client to client. They don't change from church to church. But um, we go all the way to, to asking things um, like, um, you know, what are the questions that I wish my, my neighbors were asking that they're not asking me now? Like, Somebody comes in for the first time. What's what's a question that they're not asking me that you wish they would ask? Uh, and man, that gets the leadership thinking, you know, in a way that they've never thought about. They never sat down to think about these things. Um, another one is, what is the number one question I get asked all the time? And, and the reason why we ask this question is because, let's say a pastor is asked all the time, do you have a kid's ministry? Do you have a kid's ministry? This is giving me two indicators. I'm not communicating well that I have one. And second, maybe my audience needs it and I can't provide it yet and I should think about it. So if that's a question that I get all the time, there's an indicator there that should should put us in a place to decide on, you know, is our identity changing? And by the way, church's identity will change over time as you grow. Not not your identity in Christ, and let me be clear about that. Your identity as a brand, as a as a you know, so you may come to a position of starting as a church plant, and um, ten years later you're growing. And what does that mean to your brand? Does it need to be adjusted? Does it need to, you know, be redirected? I believe we as churches are, you know, in an ocean, <laughs> and we have our sails up. So you know, for me, prayer and the Holy Spirit put your sails up. You basically say, God, send the wind, and we'll go as you send us. Um, and, and that's how I believe the growth of the church happens. I don't think we're the ones responsible for that growth, but we are responsible for taking that wind and, you know, putting the sail up and saying, yes, God, I will go where you send us. Um, and so as you grow, chances are your brand will need to change or be adjusted or be refreshed or, you know, there are a few things that in my opinion will change over time. Yeah, that's great. I, I think that's a, uh, maybe, a a profound thought for a, a lot of people out there, the idea that your brand might actually change from a, uh, from one point of time to another as your church matures mm-hmm. and kind of goes in different directions. So we, we encounter that too, like where a church comes across uh, us and they're like, hey, we, we would like a new website. And then we get into a conversation and what we realize is that they, they really need a new brand 
um, based on yeah. wh what they're saying. So I think I'd like to give hmm. permission to people to think differently about that. Once you have a logo mm -hmm. or something in place, it's it's not something that maybe is a permanent thing for the next you know 50 years. You should be open-minded mm -hmm. enough to maybe th rethink it after uh, a certain period of time. Absolutely. And if there's a, a group of people out there that should be open to this type of growth is the church. Um, and, you know, as you start, and I've, I've had the chance to, uh, um, to be a part of a church plant, and it was just, uh, you know, 15 of us when we started, uh, and it's now a group of 500 people. So as you start, there's so many variables that you're not aware of that you don't know. Um, and I've seen churches, for example, inherit a previous church, and now they need to rebrand because they're merging, for example, or they need to rebrand because, you know, sometimes even a, a changing leadership happens. Um, but there are moments of simple growth where you, 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 you're not doing anything, you know, nothing bad is happening. And in fact, I think good things are happening. So what happens when you're suddenly at a capacity where you can actually have a building? Um, and you have, you know, a, a very, you're in a very good place to deal with the youth and the young, uh, the younger kids. Will that be reflected in your brand? And it's not because culture changes. I think this is the, the, the important point that I want to make. We don't want to follow the next trend just because the next trend is available. We want to follow the growth of our church naturally. And I hope every church out there is growing, <laughs> you know, so yeah real good man that's that's really good information i think uh uh churches should take to heart we've we've um redesigned or rebranded some churches here recently um and it's mm -hmm. been a really nice process because we're, we're better able to shift their brand from what they have been and then move it mm -hmm. into where they're going uh, based on you know recent uh developments and i think there's probably three things that we've seen where a new brand was is needed or is a good opportunity mm -hmm. for a new brand one is when maybe there's a new mm -hmm. pastor that takes over. There's a new vision as a result of that. The, the second mm -hmm. one is a new building program or new building facility or expanding for some, you know, one reason or another. And I think the third thing yeah. is that just over the course of time, the, the, the shift, like you were talking about, has been made where you're focusing on a different audience for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. You've just found yourself where now yeah. you, you were one way, but now you're, you're shifting more to a different audience. If any of those things have yeah. happened, it's probably a good time to look at your, your logo, your branding. Absolutely. And when we started at that church plant, uh, we were at a restaurant. And so the, the, the kids' ministry was in a booth. Oh, wow. <laughs> like a restaurant booth. Uh, but, you know, there's, there was uh, four or five kids. Now, what happens when you see your church grow towards having more families with, with younger kids? Naturally, you're going to see, you know, other people that are similar uh, being attracted to that same church, and I, and again, I want to want to clarify that we're not excluding anybody. Um, you know, by creating a logo that resonates with the mom with kids doesn't mean I'm excluding anybody. And th the way that I explain to my um, my church clients this concept is, you know, just look at Chick Fil A. I mean, we all love Chick Fil A. We all know Chick Fil A. Um, I always ask them, who do you think Chick Fil A is targeting? Uh, and they start thinking about it. And I was like, I don't know. I was like, well, you know, Chick Fil A is targeting families with young kids. They have a playground, they have booths with four spots, which, you know, will, will fit a, a, a family with kids. Um, does it mean that an older lady can't go get Chick-fil-A? I mean, no, she can go to her friends. Does it mean that, you know, 
teenagers can sit down at a table and eat. Of course they can. But they're, may, they're better prepared to serve family with young kids. I love it. And I love it. That's the... kind of how... And that's kind of how we try to explain to them this, this idea of we're not excluding anybody, but you need to find a target. You need to decide which direction you are going. Right. And whenever you find that target, that's when you make the most traction towards, towards growth, whatever that means. You, can, you have laser Absolutely. focus. You're able to focus on that. Absolutely. Yeah. So in contrast, Chick-fil-A is one way. Think of Starbucks. That's a completely different environment. Um, because the uh-huh. audience, are, uh, it's different. The audience is different. Um, so I love the practical yeah. examples. Hopefully that helps out our audience quite a bit. So as far as like just completing this whole like practical starting points, the logo is huge. Uh, probably a website would be a great next step um, for a church. Mm-hmm. Maybe, uh, do you have any further thoughts on uh, maybe the top four or five things that a church should do if they're going to create a strong brand? So uh, the website is definitely the next step because nowadays we are in what I call a um, a thumb scrolling society. (laughs) You know, uh, the first thing we do when somebody tells us about something is go check it out. And we're mostly on our phones. And the truth is, even when I'm in front of my computer, if it's a quick search, sometimes I'll just grab my phone because I'm just so accustomed to searching uh, on my phone. Um, So having that presence online is going to be my first touch point um most likely i mean even if it's a friend inviting me for hey come check out this um uh this church uh, i'll most likely check it out when my friend is not looking and i'm gonna see what's this thing all about before i say yes right uh um i want to see what kind of you know what's the expectation uh and and let's remember we're trying to reach non-believers. Um, so I, I want to make sure that I know what I'm getting myself into before I go, if that makes sense. That's probably one of the main questions they have. They already know it's a church, but, you know, let me check this out. So website is going to be fundamental. Uh, and because of the society we live in, uh, we need to make sure it's responsive. Um, you know, nowadays, if you do a website that's not responsive, it's probably not a good idea. <laughs> I think that's a nice way to put it. Um, and uh, what else? Um, I think it's always a good strategy to have some sort of communication card. As people get to your doors, uh, you want to make sure you start uh, collecting some sort of contact information. Maybe it's just a prayer request. Maybe it's a phone number. Maybe it's an email. Um, but uh, start getting uh, a way to get in touch with them. Uh, after they leave that service. So I find that if you get those three started, um, you know, that will give you a good starting point. Obviously, depending on where your church is, depending on the resources you have available, depending on the size of your church as well, you may start increasing on uh, your communication efforts. But even as a church plan, think about it. You're going to need signs for sure because chances are you don't have your own building. You're, you're probably using a theater or a school um, and signage is going to be fundamental to getting people through the door. This is basic, uh, you know, uh, communication stuff. If you go to a concert, if you go to an event, if you go to even a birthday party at someone's house, you see the balloons in the mailbox. So um, it's, it's just making it easier for the person to get to where they want to go. Very good. So you were uh, unpacking the, the website. So starting with the logo, develop a great website, mm-hmm. have some sort of communication uh, card of some kind, uh, and then also mm-hmm. having some good signage. 
So if, yes, um, yes. if, if a church has those, those things in place, this should be set up to then begin to reach people and expand in the future uh, beyond those, those things. No, I really like I that. I believe so. Yep. That's good. Mm-hmm. I, I think, um, I think uh, yeah, with the, uh, the communication card, I love the idea of being able to know who's there. So even if it has like a little bit of a survey to it, you know, how'd you hear about us type of thing, uh-huh. um, that'd be a little added feature you could probably add add on there. So that's that's real good. Yeah. Great. Um, Barbara, thanks for um, hanging out with us. I think it's been um, really, uh, really good to just hear your thoughts on churches and branding and how they can create this strong brand. Is there any obstacle that you've seen that churches has, have that's like, you know, consistent? that they have to overcome to create a strong brand? Mm-hmm. Yes, and it comes down to budget. Uh, that's the biggest obstacle that I've, I've heard in the past. Um, so it takes, if you are a church communicator, if you're the one speaking to your leadership about doing your brand, sometimes we come with very vague arguments of, you know, other churches are doing this this way, or we need to be consistent. And, and, and those are, are obviously very valid, but they don't necessarily address um, the objection that the leadership may be considering. So all they're thinking about is this is a cost. So the way that we deal with that objection is showing that it's not a cost, that it's an investment. It's a long-term investment in um, the way that people are gonna perceive us. So the way that I normally um, help churches visualize this is by pointing back to people, because that's what matters. That's, you know, we're not talking just about a, a cute little file in a brochure. We're talking about the people on the other side of that brochure. Uh, and the second is uh, just focus on that idea, the, the idea that this is a long-term thing, not a cost like, you know, oh, this is such a, an expensive cost right now. It, it will have an impact that will last um, for a long time. So, Really good. I think one of the yeah. things that we, um, we found, too, is that... Uh, it's it's you're dead on as far as being an investment um if we can help churches think of this as like an outreach uh type of a thing Mm -hmm. a lot of times there's a mentality shift that takes place on that so we we just worked with this um this church and um it's called the evangelistic Hmm. center and we had justin on uh last week's episode episode uh 18 but he talked about how they rebranded themselves and uh, over about three years or so, it's, it's a completely different um, environment. Um, the signage and the, uh, new website, new logo, mm-hmm. uh, brochures, even have a room that's uh, designated just for um, visitors to come in and learn about the church. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things we, we talked with them about early on was think about this as part of your outreach budget. So. If you're, hmm. if you're saying, hey, you're going to go into community and do certain events throughout the course of the year, think about this in the same way. You're going out to reach out to people. And we actually um, presented the idea that they could do a campaign and actually raise money towards outreach, which then goes hmm. to help a lot of these up- upgrades take place within their, uh, their, their church, the organization, so it becomes more attractive to people. Right. And they That's actually, very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so they, they went through, that's how they found a lot of the budgeting that they needed to, let's say, redo a website mm-hmm. or to redo some signage in the building. They presented this need to their congregation saying, hey, we, we have this need to reach our community that's right outside these walls, and we need to do some things to make uh, who we are more attractive um, 
to this community. And it, they, they did, they raised money and it was able to create a bigger budget, um, at least for a while. And, and then they gained some momentum to where now there's not that much of an issue uh, moving forward to be able to do stuff like this because now the church sees it. They see the, the, the benefits and then they're now on board to do more of it. Yeah, yeah. You see, it comes down to people. We need to remember that we're in, in this for the kingdom of God and, and his heart is for his people. Uh, and, and that's the, that's what we need to keep in mind and, you know, and whatever you do, you do it for the Lord. Right. But this, this is, is one of those things that it's not just a cute design. That's what I keep saying. You know, I don't just design cute things. It's, this is far beyond just a nice little swoosh, (laughs) you know, it's a, it's, it's, it, it goes to someone and we need to remember there's, there's people on the other side of each logo. Very good. Oh, wow. That's a good, that's a quotable line there. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> there you go. Got, you got your tweet. <laughs> oh, that's great. Love it. Well, Barbara, um, thanks for, again, for coming on. Is there a good way that people can connect with you if they want to just engage with you further, uh, maybe on social media or something like that? Do you have a good, good way to do that? Yeah, absolutely. So um, we have a uh, church communication strategies group on Facebook. If you just search that uh, church communication strategies, you will find us. Feel free to join. And um, my website is wordrevolution.com. Again, you know, God changed me through his word. And, and that's what my uh, company um, ended up calling, you know, like the name we gave it. Uh, so my email is Barbara at wordrevolution.com. Uh, so feel free to reach out as well. But uh, I would love to see you all in the uh, Facebook group. Yeah, and it's a great group. Uh, we're a part of it. It's neat to see those conversations happening. And uh, so, yeah, I would oh. highly encourage, you know, be a part of that. See what other people are doing, what other people are talking about. Throw some questions out there. It's, it's a really neat uh, dynamic. Well, thanks again, Barbara, for yeah. sharing everything that you have to, with us today. It's been really good. And um, we'll, we'll kind of keep up with you. I know you've got some big ideas coming up in the future. So we'll keep mm-hmm. up with you. And maybe, uh, maybe we can talk about those in the future. Sounds good. Thank All you right, so Barbara. much, Michael. Thanks. Have Thank a good day. You. Bye. I just want to take a moment to thank Barbara for being on the, sh- the show. And uh, she actually mentioned a resource that she would provide for everyone that's listening. It's a list of questions that she goes through with churches when she helps them to rebrand. So we have that link on our show notes page. So if you go to churchbrandguide.com and you go to episode 19, you'll find that resource at the bottom of that show notes page. Uh, Just want to invite you to to join us on Facebook. We've got a great uh, Facebook page that you can check out and also on Instagram. And every week we like to leave you with a resource. So this week's resource is a, it's a book called the 22 immutable laws of branding. It's by Al and Laura Reese. And they unpack what the great brands of the world have done to create great brands. So they go in in greater detail about what is a great brand, how you can make a great brand. And it's just a a wonderful read if you're just uh, curious about this stuff and you want to find out uh, what what it takes to to build a great brand. They talk about bad brands, too, and why they're bad. So it's a a great book. Uh, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, once again, just uh, join us on our social media channels. Leave some comments on our show notes page. There's a comments area at the very bottom. We'd love to have a conversation with you, answer any questions you have, and uh, just interact with you more. So thanks again for joining me this week, and I'll see you next time.